I have no jurisdiction over the school boards and what school boards put in play. So uh, I, I think they can consult their local medical officers of health. Uh, I typically don't speak directly to school boards, but they can take into consideration the local uh, level of activity. Uh, siblings can bring the virus home to younger members of our community, those that are four and under, and it may be one tool of a, of a component of tools that can help diminish uh, the spread to the four and unders. Principally, the message today is that our four and unders are the ones that are being driven to hospital that have to get admitted to hospital and we need to decrease the burden of illness. <sighs> so that's Dr. Karen Moore revealing during that little press conference that the province is not going to man- mandate masks, but the school boards could, which will make, I think, parents lose their marbles because that will very much be union-driven and, again, not necessarily backed by any data. These COVID policies are incredibly divisive. And, you know, you don't have to tackle or go after anyone who is wearing them. But at the same point, that means you don't get the right to go after those who choose not to wear them. You simply don't know why someone wears a mask. And again, don't we want policy based on data versus looking like we're taking action? And while there are some who will say masks absolutely stop spread, there is very little data to support this. But there is evidence to suggest young kids have been impacted by masking. And we've seen what COVID COVID protocols have done. Lockdowns with school closures have been an absolute disaster. And we're not even talking about COVID here. We're talking about a virus, an illness that kids get every single year. So again, is this pressure to look like we're doing something or actual science-driven data? And of course, what's never brought up in this conversation are you know, the long-term negative impacts. Because I guess when it comes to kids, they don't seem to matter. I want to bring Dr. Chris Milburn into this conversation, an emergency and family doctor. And Dr. Milburn was removed as the head of the Emergency Medicine Eastern Division in Nova Scotia because he did something that should be done when we're talking science and medicine, and that is question some of Nova Scotia's COVID-19 decisions. He joins us now. Great to have you, doctor. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. So you questioned COVID protocols back in the day for their efficacy and, and, and their negatives, and you got fired. Um, you are one that believes kids should be in school. You're against mandated vaccines. And point to, And I think it's important because while you are very critical of, of, of health, public health and their decision making, um, you know, I bring you on as someone who was a member of local public committees. You were a member and then chief public health committee at the Canadian Medical Association. So you're not some crank who's out there just spewing anything. You're educated. You've got an expertise in the numbers and data crunching. And yet no one seems to care about how the protocols affect, let's say, kids. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. So COVID, a very strange thing happened during COVID. Um there was already a shutdown of open discussion and argumentation on various subjects prior to COVID. You know, there's difficult topics about transgender medicine and racism issues and whatnot, and you were only allowed to have one opinion. You're not allowed to speak the other side of it. And then, so that was already happening, and then COVID hit, and it seemed like the bottom just fell out of free speech and medicine. Uh, There's a lot of doctors who have qualms about certain policies, but we were literally warned by our colleges. We got an email saying, we, you are expected to adhere 100% to, uh, to public health policy. Uh, you are expected to show unanimity with 
uh, policies and you're not allowed to speak out. So docs got really, really afraid to speak their mind. So behind the scenes, there's a lot of docs with qualms. And in public, all you're going to hear is the ones with the acceptable opinion. We have a new study out of the United States uh, this morning where they say 30% of COVID cases in students and staff in schools in the Boston area may have been prevented if they hadn't lifted their mask mandates. So they looked at uh, 70 schools, comparing that to schools that had mask mandates and found that masking in schools was associated with significantly fewer COVID cases. All right, that is one newer study, but we don't have an entire uh, amount of data or long-term data to actually understand the implications for younger kids who have been affected by the masking, whether it's those with speech issues, autism, um, those kinds of things. But we're also not talking about COVID. We're talking about RSV. We're being asked to mask up now in a flu season that is very predicted. Yeah, so the the study out of Boston, I, I could get into the technical details of that, but what I would say with that is the, the, the really good studies, the randomized controlled trials that were done on masking show very, very little or no difference between masks, uh, no masks in terms of uh, COVID transmission. Um, and in particular, it's been fairly well established that cloth masks have no impact on, on COVID transmission. So, um, the, the, in my uh, reading of the data over the last two years, the worse the study is, the more likely it is to produce uh, evidence, and I put that in quotes, that uh, masks work. And it, people need to understand that the Boston study was what was called an observational study. So it just meant that okay, these schools chose to get rid of their mask mandates at this point, these schools chose at this point, and we looked at the data after and saw what happened. But the problem with that is um, the areas that choose to lift their mask mandates might have more more differences. So maybe the ones that lifted their mask mandates later were, were more nervous about COVID in various ways and had other different behaviors. Maybe there were other things in those areas that were shut down, hockey, mm-hmm. basketball, whatever. There, there can be a lot more differences between the two groups than just the masks. And to attribute any differences in COVID case, cases we see to masking is, is wrong scientifically. The other thing I mentioned that I completely agree with. We haven't talked at all about the the, uh, the negative sides of masks for, for kids, and there, there's there's a, a number of them, but one of them, we, we know that kids are, young kids especially, are suffering from language delay, which we kids need to see people's mouths move to properly learn language, and when we put them around people in masks all day, they don't, they don't get that. There, there's these other kind of harder to define things, but Kids get scared of other kids. We know that the increasing increased anxiety disorders have been, has been just quite staggering in kids. And part of that is when you put kids into a school situation, you say, hey, you can catch this terrible disease off other kids, and if you catch it, you or your grandmother could die, so be really careful and put this mask on. And they walk around with masks all day. It's the symbol of fear. Mm. And these things were written about and uh, talked about before COVID, it was well established, and people can actually still read the Cochrane Collaboration is online, and it's sort of the, the gold standard in the world for evidence-based medicine. And they still uh, have basically said that masks do not work to prevent flu-like illnesses, which of which COVID is one. So that that data, that that recommendation, is still out there. What 
what I feel is being done right now, the, the people who really want to mask our kids and mask us are taking these little snippets of data. It reminds me of the chocolate is good for you, chocolate is bad for you <laughs> argument in science, which should be going on. If you want to say that chocolate is good for you, you can cherry pick data here and there. If you want to say chocolate's bad for you, you can cherry pick data. And the, and the answer is there's probably, it probably doesn't do much either way. And masks, it's, it's the same thing. There's just no good data to support this, but people will grasp onto these little straws. Yeah, I mean, look, unless you're wearing a an N95 mask and a doctor's put it on and, and you're a professional at it. I mean, most people, I mean, have it hanging down under their nose, which I always think, well, why do we, why do we pacify this kind of stuff? Because, you know, you got the prime minister getting his flu shot last week and he put his mask, he didn't come in with a mask, but he met the doctor, shook his hand, put a mask on when he was getting the shot and then took the mask right off. So a lot of it, I, I just, I think a lot of people just can't take it seriously because there's no continuity to it. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of it we call hygiene theater. To properly wear an N95 mask, the first thing, and I'll, I'll just tell you, I saw a tweet, Jagmeet Singh got his booster, probably 20th booster, and he tweeted out a picture of himself in an N95 mask. Now, Jagmeet Singh, as a Sikh, has a very thick and large beard, mm-hmm. and to, to properly use an N95 mask, you need to be clean-shaven, not just shaved. Right three days ago, but actually clean shaven. It needs to fit tight against your face. They only work for a brief amount of time because once they're damp from water vapor, they, the uh, electrostatic forces that, that trap viruses and various things are, are, are gone. So they, they only work for a short amount of time, and somebody who's clean shaven, it has to be properly fit, i.e. you just can't buy a stack of them off Amazon.com and put them on your face. So even N95 masks, when used by the public, are probably... Uh, essentially useless. Yeah, especially when your child comes home and it's soaking wet full of snot and everything else. It's like, I think that's why parents don't want to use them. Nonetheless, doctor, I will call on you again because the debate is once again heating up in COVID crazy Ontario. So I appreciate your time on this. No problem. We haven't heard the end of it for sure. Oh, somehow I know you're right, sadly. Doctor, thank you. That's uh, Dr. Chris Milburn uh, joining us. And if you want to read more of his stuff, you can find him on Substack, Pair O Docs. He and his wife, uh, both doctors, both completely alienated and ostracized because they dared raise concerns about the long-term effects. And you can't do that in this country. It's not allowed. So look, I think we have to understand this is not being driven by the fact that masks will stop anything. It's that we cannot get basic medicines in a G7 country and hospitals are imploding. Things we knew about and didn't do anything about.